My name is Alex Back, founder at Engineering Futures and the host of TechCast 365. Whether you are a student, fresh grad, or looking to make your next step in your career, your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world of technology and engineering starts here. Joining me on today's episode is Carrie Davidson, the head of engineering at Planetly. Planetly is a rapidly growing software company who are on a mission to help build a carbon neutral economy. Founded in 2019 in Berlin, Planetly have become very successful throughout the pandemic and have recently been acquired by OneTrust, the number one fastest growing software company on Inc. 500. Right, on with the show. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much Hi. for joining me today on TechCast 365 and Happy New Year to you. So you're currently the head of engineering at Planetly, which is an exciting startup based in Berlin. Prior to that, you've worked for several household names uh, in Berlin and the US as well. Um, So, yeah, so it's exciting to see you go back into that startup space. But for those who don't know who you are, why don't you give us a quick overview of how you got into engineering and how you got to where you are today? All right. Well, um, I was always pretty nerdy. Uh, so even going way back into uh, the 80s, I was writing games and I wrote some tools from my mom's clothing store in uh, <laughs> for the Apple II. And um, so I was always really into it after school. Um, I had it pretty rough at the end of high school. Um, my mom died and so and my dad didn't have money to send me to university. So I joined the army. Um, but I'm sure it had something to do with what molded me as a as a human. Mm. Um, and then when I got out of the army, um, I had pretty good timing because I went to university in the beginning of the 90s. And then I got out right at the beginning of the dot-com boom. And I'm from California. So uh, I went straight to San Francisco, started doing all the dot-com things out there, which is really exciting. Mostly doing Java back then. Um, yeah. And I was one of the, the really early adopters on Java. So that was really fun. And uh, bounced around a bit using my ability to write code uh basically to just explore the world and live in different places. I lived in San Francisco, Boston, Lake Tahoe for a, a couple of years. I might go into that a little bit on remote working. Yeah. Um, and uh, Amsterdam. And that led me also to Berlin. I've, I've always had a connection to Europe, um, having been in Germany in the army as well. Um, so... So, so here I am. Been, yes. Yeah, so you've been everywhere, like uh, all around the world. How did you get into sort of um, engineering and tech? Were you naturally always been interested in that sort of sector, or obviously you went into the army before? Was it something yeah. that was back of your mind? Or, I mean, I just, I just kind of liked it. I loved the idea that I could tell a computer to do things and it would do them. I, I love the <laughs> idea that I could also make mistakes and it was really easy to undo them, uh, which, which you can't do necessarily when you're doing art projects or something. So to me, to me, software was sort of a form of art, uh, even uh, just creating things. So creating in the beginning, it was games or tools. Like I said, I, I made a little accounting program for my mom. and uh, but, th- but that was still art to me. It was still collecting things and putting them in different places and doing math on them automatically using computers. I don't know. It was, mm. just, it was fun. So getting into it was something that I just uh, just gravitated to. However, I always thought it was a hobby. I never thought of it as a career or something that I could do as a career. And so I studied international business 
and not computer science initially. And then later on changed to computer science because it was obvious that that was what I was going to end up doing for the rest of my life. It is a great and fun thing to do for a living. Well, I can imagine it must not feel like work, surely, because obviously it's your hobby, it's your passion, and that's what you get to do every day. Yeah. Is that how you feel, exactly. yeah? Yeah, yeah exactly. that's cool. And that's how I, I like, when I when I meet other engineers and when I hire engineers, I think that's the that's probably one of the traits that I look for is, do you enjoy it? Hmm. Is it something you enjoy or is this painful work to you? Because yeah. if it's painful and it's work, maybe maybe it's not the right thing to do just because it pays a lot of money yeah no exactly no you definitely do something that you're passionate about um cool and so obviously as the head of engineering at Plantly um you're trying to create this really net zero economy aren't you I had a look at the website and everything and um as a software company you guys are right on it it's the talk of the town at the moment more so than any time before about trying to get businesses to be net zero um and finding out ways how they can best do that um and that's through data with you guys so tell me about obviously your company and um you know your role and what you trying to do for the future well the company as you said is um our goal is to enable businesses to successfully transition to a carbon net zero economy. And um, if you go to our website, you'll see that um, that is really at the core of our business. Our, Our goal is to help companies enter their activities that generate carbon emissions so that we can calculate the emissions and then we can help them reduce and offset them. So that's, that's basically our our companies and you're based in berlin based in berlin yeah cool and you're living out there in the moment yeah yeah fantastic cool but we do have plenty of people that don't even live in berlin we have some people that live around germany we have a hybrid model so we in fact our office right now isn't big enough for uh, most of our we can only put 25 people in our office especially okay. with covid rules yeah and we have 150 people right now oh wow so yeah. so we cannot Space. have everybody in the office <laughs> at the same time so we have a, a hybrid model um we have people in portugal and all over germany and i think we have people in a couple other places as well mm. so well that's the case with obviously especially with COVID and everything, that everyone's moving towards the hybrid. There is no necessarily a need to be in the office. I know it's good for like collaboration and to get to know people more. Um, But yeah, I mean, you can do everything sort of at home as well. Um, And um, you've recently partnered up with OneTrust as well, a major US-based software company. So how long ago was that? Was that a month ago or so that you partnered up with them or? There are still a lot of unknowns. Yeah. To be honest, we're still in the process of figuring out exactly how uh how this all works but yes that happened about a month ago okay fantastic cool well exciting times ahead of you then um and how are you getting are you you've already built your platform already or um what sort of stage you at with everything yeah so um about a year ago so a little over a year ago our company was mostly i mean we had we had the vision to be a software as a service company hmm. but at the time we were still working out exactly what the service is so we wanted to work on our service before we started building our software to do that service so around this time last year we were still mostly a service company consulting and and the emission calculation was all done using spreadsheets and it was around the middle of January last year that we started releasing our automated calculation service and 
from then we've jumped uh, a huge amount. Uh, last year we offset 370,000 tons of CO2. Wow. Um, so that's, that's pretty huge. Um, I did a little bit of math figuring out exactly what that means. And that is about one 100,000 of the world's yearly emissions, which doesn't sound like much, but it's a start. Oh, yeah. Start in the right direction. <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah. No, that's and fantastic. It's not bad. So we still have a long way to go before we are offsetting all of the world's yearly emissions. And hopefully we'll do that before we all sizzle and cry. <laughs> yeah, before <laughs> the, the world comes to an end. Yeah. In our last conversation, you mentioned about remote working. Are you guys uh, using a hybrid model? So what is it, like two days in the week for some people? And then most of it is sort of remote working for obviously the people in Berlin? Or Yeah, I mean, even more than two days a week. I'd say most people are one day every other week. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say a lot of people are really occasional office goers. And mm. what we'll usually do is we'll, we'll coordinate on Slack and we'll say, hey, engineering takeover on this day. And then we basically, <laughs> we just flood the plate. We have a sign up sheet for who can go to the office because we only have so many desks. So we sign up and we take over uh, the office on certain days and then we have beer afterwards and make it into a little party but nice um but that's what we that's how we handle it within engineering anyway <laughs> so. sounds fun sign me up um so Plantly was it founded in 2019 then to I, think, that. I think it was just like uh some some scribblings on napkins at that point okay uh, 2020 is i think when it really started so right during coming during the middle of into- covid then <laughs> Yeah, it's we're pretty much a COVID company. Yeah, and you've proof so. that you've succeeded throughout that. So uh, well done to you guys. Um, yep. Yeah. So how how was it through COVID? Then obviously we're still going through it now. But uh, was it challenging at all, or it was just pretty standard for you guys? Or it is it is a little hard sometimes realizing that we don't have the personal contacts mm. that that you normally would have because you'd be sitting next to people and working with people but we, so we don't have as many in-person contacts and then there's that time when you go to the office and you realize that this guy that you talk to every day is three feet taller than you thought he was or <laughs> you know or something like oh you're really tall yeah. um or something like that so just realizing that you you have a lot of contacts with people that you don't actually have contacts with, but yeah. we, we have done a pretty good job of having, uh, we, we did have a Christmas party, not really a huge Christmas party, but we had like a German style Christmas market, uh, where we got together. And that was actually when one trust announced that they were buying us. Um, and, and it was quite nice actually. Yeah. It was us and the CEO of one trust, uh, and we hung out and had some glue vine and, nice. uh, it was good times, Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so we have met each other on occasion, but not all the time. Other than that, I think a lot of people really like remote working. I think mm. people have, um, I, I think we hire people who like what they do and are really passionate about what we're doing, not just the engineers either, mm-hmm. because we have a lot of climate activists and uh, people really deeply into this topic and we um, love what we're doing. So we're putting, it, it doesn't matter that we're at home. Mm. It doesn't matter if we're at home or at the office. I personally, I, I, I almost prefer to be at home because I feel like I get more work done. Yeah. I, so I, not only do I not have to commute, which in Berlin isn't that bad in London, 
It's pretty it's terrible. It's expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and time and consuming. Time consuming. Um, but, uh, but not just that, but I can close the door, put headphones on and nobody bothers me. Whereas when I'm at the office, everybody is always tapping me on the shoulder and has a question. <laughs> so. Oh, and um, you've got to have really strong trust with um, all your colleagues and everything. Yep. Um, how do you sort of build that trust virtually? Um, obviously it's slightly different when you are face-to-face with someone. How do you sort of build your trust in that way? The way you communicate, it's, mm. it's really, I don't think it's very different whether I'm looking at a, at a 2D image of you or if I'm looking at <laughs> physically True. you. Mm. I don't need to smell you to trust you because mm. we're not cavemen. <laughs> yeah. or cave people um yeah so i i to me it doesn't make that much difference i think this is our future this is mm. our world now i just say i'm i have been a bit of a gamer uh and in the world of gaming you have friends that are in your guild or whatever and you don't know them in person but they're mm-hmm. still sort of friends it's the same goes with working together virtually we work together i trust you i mm. can I can talk to you. I can, in fact, it's even easier in some ways. I can say, hey, that code that I was talking about here, let me pull it up. Boom. Mm. Now you're looking at it. And whereas in person, I'd be scrambling to try to show you, <laughs> to you on my phone. And, you know, mm. so it's actually sure. easier to do my work uh, virtually in mm. so many ways. Yeah. No, I completely understand that. And um, obviously, I guess you're sort of used to that, you know, even before there's any pandemic or anything like that. Um, is that the way how you just plan on staying in terms of a working environment for yourself um, for the future? Well, I, I think the way we're doing it right now is kind of Mm. perfect where, where I can still go into the office and I still do from time to time. And I bring my dog and we, uh, yeah, I, I, we have a dog friendly office as well. So I bring my dog and I chill out there and then I see the people that I see and that's great. But most of the time I'm at home and I'm doing it at home. I like it. A lot of people that I work with will um, go home uh, if they come from somewhere else. Then they'll go visit their family in whatever country they're from for a couple of weeks, a month. And as long as they overlap our times reasonably, mm. doesn't have any effect on it. So living in a world where we can do our jobs like that is amazing. I yeah. think it's amazing. What sort of tech stack do you guys use at um, Planetly then? Uh, we are on the back end. We're using Python and Django mm-hmm. mainly, but we also use some Golang for some of our services uh, and um, Lambdas. We're using we're on AWS, uh, Amazon Web Services uh, in the cloud. So pretty simple stack. Uh, on the front end, we're using TypeScript and React. So that's that's great. Um, and I presume you guys are sort of, um, you know, you're rapidly expanding. Um, you're looking for new people to join your team constantly. How can people who are listening to this podcast sort of apply for roles? Um, is it best to apply directly from the website or? Oh, well, if you go to planetly.com, mm-hmm. um, which is spelled exactly as it sounds, planetly.com. Yeah. <laughs> If you go down to, I think it's about and careers, there's a link to the page. We're still using Personio to manage our job ads and you'll see them there. Um, And, you know, the way you started out in tech um, world, 
Um, what sort of advice would you give to those who are aspiring to, um, for example, what advice would you give them professionally, how to start off their career and what sort of tech to go into, and um, as well as those who are looking to make the next step in their career to get to that sort of leadership role that you're in now? I'd say find what you love and do that and focus mm-hmm. on that. Don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and try things that you don't love or that you don't think you love. Leadership is not a promotion. Leadership is a different job entirely from software engineering. If you want to be the best software engineer in the world, you probably don't also want to be a leader. (laughs) (laughs) I am probably not the best software engineer in the world because I am now focusing more of my energy on helping everyone else around me be the best software engineer in the world. And I am therefore learning more about people than I am about mm. tech. So yeah. so it, it's a huge step to go from code to people. Um, but the great thing about going from code to people, the, the, the step from being um, an, a, an engineer to being a lead is that it scales so much more. And, and, and seeing that scale is phenomenal. Like, you you go from being I'm rolling up my sleeves and get ready to talk about this. You you go from being a uh, someone who can produce a certain amount of code per week. You you know you you say okay, here's five story points a week or whatever that I can do. But now I'm seeing the work of all these people that I help to coordinate between them, and I help them to grow as individuals as well, and. I don't personally do any of the work anymore, but I can affect so much more work. And at the end of the day, that work gets done. And I am at least partially responsible for it getting done. And that is a, an amazing feeling. Mm. So it's a, t- it's a tough thing to go into leadership. But once you get the, once you understand tech, you can do it if you also understand people. And um, obviously, you must have come across quite a lot of hurdles as well, and as well being a sort of women in tech as well. Um, yeah. Were there any sort of major hurdles in any particular industries that you thought were harder to break through the glass ceiling than others? Or what was Yeah, your... well, I'm also queer and I have dreadlocks. I've had dreadlocks for the past 15 years. And that has also been, and piercings and stretched ears and, you know, just stuff and tattoos. And I've, I've always felt like uh, when I'm sitting next to that guy, that dude wearing his button down shirt with Mm. the blue checkers on it, you know, the standard, (laughs) the standard uniform of uh, an engineering lead. This is what people think of when they think of an engineering Mm. lead, they don't think of someone that looks like me. So, and that's not just about gender. It's about everything that isn't that one, that one dude that you think of. So, mm-hmm. so getting people to think beyond those stereotypes has been really hard. It's changing a lot now. I, I think people don't automatically think, okay, that's a, a, a white guy wearing dockers and, and, and sensible shoes. So he must mm-hmm. be, he must be the leader. Um, people are starting to think that the leader can look like anything. The leader can be a woman. The leader can be of any different race or, or color or religion. So it doesn't matter anymore. And that's good. I mean, it still does matter in a lot of people's subconscious. Mm. Um, but I do think that it has gotten 
amazingly better. And I, I actually find in Berlin, it's way better than it was in the States for me. Okay. I found, uh, especially, I think the, the punkiness and the dreads and the stretch deer stuff was affecting me a little bit in Boston. I remember one time even um, my, the, the VP of engineering, in fact, was like, we really like employing people like you. I'm like, sorry, what, 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 do you, what do you mean people <laughs> yeah. like me? So which people, which like me am I in this context? What do you mean mm. by that? And, um, you know, it goes without saying that he wore a button down shirt with yeah. you know, checkers and stuff like that. So I didn't fit his idea of mm. people like him, I guess. Mm. Uh, so, so by just separating into us and them in any way, we are perpetuating that. So I guess once we all start thinking of all of us as one of the same thing, just with different ways of being, then and it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm a massive, like my um, recruitment company is all promoting EDI movement. So um, equality, diversity and inclusion as well. Everyone should be treated the same. Um, people yep. who are doing the same job should be paid exactly the same. I don't see why a man should be earning more than a woman for doing exactly yep. the same thing. Um, so yeah, so I'm obviously very passionate for that, um, as cool. well. So, um, so yeah, so in terms of then at Planetly, then is it fairly sort of male to female ratio? Is it fairly the same or? Actually, we are probably doing way better than most companies, especially in engineering. Um, mm. I think we are roughly 50, 50 company wide engineering wide. I have seven female engineers out of 30. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's good. Cool. And obviously we're trying to get more women into engineering as well. What sort of, mm-hmm. um, how would you sort of, what is the best stepping stone? Is it going to get a college degree or how, how do people get onto that ladder, especially women as well? Definitely. Especially, especially women. The best thing to do is get into STEM activities. Don't listen to your friends when they tell you <laughs> that you don't want to learn about math or computers because that's what boys do. Don't listen to that. Just get, <laughs> just do it anyway, if you enjoy it. And uh, yeah. And then study it in university, do your best and you'll not have any problem at all. Cool. Be confident. I think the biggest thing is believe in yourself mm. uh, in recruiting. I find the biggest difference between men and women in recruiting is that men are much more self-confident. I think men tend to look at a job description where they qualify for 80% and say, yeah, I can do that. And then women look at the same job description where they qualify for 80% and say, oh, I don't do those things. Maybe I'm not Mm. qualified. So you you just have to remember that you're competing with the same men who are going to go in there thinking they can do everything. Mm. So you can go in there thinking exactly the same thing. Just think I can do everything. And then that's what's going to sell you when you get that job. Cool. So confidence is key. So um, any sort of final words for the grads out there, um, obviously who are looking to make the next step in their career, what would you say, um, what was the final sort of take home for people who are looking for next job? Well, if you're interested, if you're in Europe, especially, or if you want to come to Europe and soon we're probably going to be hiring outside of Europe now that we're part of one trust uh look us up and uh look me up and let's talk about getting you into planetly fantastic well thank you so much for your time today carrie it was a pleasure talking with you and um yeah all the best for the future 
Like, share, subscribe and review this podcast to get others inspired in engineering and technology. To find out more, go to engfutures.com.